you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. DJ Impact, and we got the Vegas Bad Boys here. Mr. Matt Michaels, Mr. Simon Street, and Mr. Sid. Sid Steve. Welcome to Three Count. We got three good topics for you. We welcome you to join in. If you're watching us live on either Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Live, even on Twitter, throw your comments in, and we will try to get them in as we see fit. And if you just download the podcast, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. We appreciate that as well. All right. So with that, let's get right into our three count. It's time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting present. One, two, three. Count talk. Count talk, baby. All right. Here's our first one. Count one, WWE is reportedly heading in an entirely new direction after disgraced ex-CEO Vince McMahon retirement. All right, this is how it reads. WWE reportedly headed in an entirely new direction after the company's iconic CEO Vince McMahon retired two months ago. McMahon stepped down as CEO and chairman in June, having led the WWE for 40 years. His position seemingly became untenable after the Wall Street Journal reported that WWE was investigating him for paying women affiliated with the WWE millions of dollars to keep their sexual misconduct allegations quiet. In an SEC filing on this past Tuesday, the WWE said McMahon made, quote, unrecorded expenses, end quote, totaling $19.6 million. Now, though McMahon remains a stockholder with a controlling interest in WWE, his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, replaced him as co-CEO alongside Nick Khan. Paul Triple H, um, Levesque replaced McMahon as WWE's head of creative direction. With McMahon at the helm, the WWE's focus was, quote, sports entertainment, end quote. However, PW Insider reported that Triple H acknowledged on a phone call that nobody can fulfill McMahon's role, but they could do their own thing instead. Their own thing in this new era could focus on actual wrestling. According to a pro wrestling figurehead called Jerry Jarrett, the promoter of continental wrestling. PW reported that Jarrett spoke to Triple H recently and the WWE exec gave him an outline of the company's plans. Triple H told Jarrett they quote, admire, end quote, and quote, respect, end quote, McMahon's PW Insider reported. He reached success, oh, quote, he reached success that we would never know without him, but we don't know how to do it his way, and we're not going to try, end quote. Jared said, speaking as Triple H, quote, we're going to try a new way, end quote, said the 53-year-old who is married to McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, according to PW Insider. Jared speculated 
to the Pro Wrestling website that this new way would depart from being a, quote, sports entertainment, end quote, brand and refocuses on, quote, wrestling, end quote. The WWE television program includes Raw SmackDown and NXT. All right. So with that, Simon Street, this was your article. Tell us, what's your thoughts on this? Well, first and foremost, this will be the last time at least I ever uh, bring up any article of this nature because I'm just done with it just in general. But I wanted to close it out for what I would submit as just confirmation of what we've kind of seen the last you know, couple of weeks with Triple H being in charge, a couple of the moves being made, that first and foremost, they are going in a different direction. You, you've seen the action. Now you see their intention and you see what they're doing. Um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to kind of bring up to You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, they were kind of talking about in a shareholders call, Triple H was saying, you know, uh, you know, he announced the company's new Get the F Back Here campaign, uh, it, which was also talked about how they want to get back to more wrestling. It was also talked about by many other people, too, that, you know, Vince Vince was really the one big person that was really big on entertainment in WWE. Uh, for me, when I read this particular article, I kind of looked at kind of a what we've kind of talked about. You know, a lot of us have, uh, are participate either or well, not. I want to say participate, but we actually, you know, go to a lot of indie wrestling events. And you, when you regularly see uh, a lot of you know different promotions on the indie circuit, you see the magic, right, of people chasing their hopes and dreams to one day get to the WWE or AEW now that they're on here or any other promotion uh, that that's the bigger ones, right? So you see that magic. You see how much hard work people put in, and the direction that was going on before Vince McMahon was doing that seemed to really kind of stray away from that. Not that it was a bad idea to kind of cultivate more superstars but they didn't clear up well, what are you going to do about a lot of these people who you know have put in the time and the effort and the hard work blood sweat and tears in uh you know training with with major promotions the people in the circuits people that have trained wrestlers countlessly right and i think that's what triple h is doing um i know when they were doing press meetings for SummerSlam, triple h had mentioned very candidly that you know uh, these are large shoes to fill what Vince McMahon did in the last 40 years is spectacular. And I'm not going to take that away from him at all. He wasn't right all the time, uh, uh, you know, what, in my opinion on some things. But what he did get right gave us a legacy of entertainment. Mm -hmm. But moving forward, Triple H did say it's going to take everybody. And I think that's the new way. That's the new approach. Making things more inclusive. Making things to where we're open to new ideas. We're not just going to stand off and say, oh, well, because I don't understand what this new world is that we're coming into, uh, you know, I'm just going to be like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And you'll see some of that even with this past uh, weekend. They did the uh, WrestleMania LA uh, show, right, on YouTube and whatnot. They had people like JoJo Siwa. You probably don't know what that is, guys. You know, you guys know who JoJo Siwa is? Yep. Yeah. She's huge. She's a huge yep. following. And so, again, that's some of that new direction that I'm almost certain Vince McMahon wouldn't have not greenlit that. Someone wants to prove me wrong, please. So again, that's some of those directions of finding a new way to try and find a way to to uh, uh, you know try to entertain that that younger demographic that they're looking for. That eventually will get older enough and will start going more to the product. So that's the only reason why I want to put this out here yeah. is to finally put it there. Thank you so much. Uh, sometimes bad things happen to bad people or to bad people, 
But I think in this way, Vince, I don't feel bad for what happened because you're still a stock shareholder and you get to see the legacy you have grow into something even bigger and your coffers are going to be full by the end of the day. Uh, Sin City, Steve. Uh, so I had mentioned as we were ending uh, wrestling talk that you're beginning to see signs pop up at WWE events that says, thank you, Triple H. But I, I just got a question for you. Um, at what point do you think that at some point people are just going to start getting irritated with Triple H and he's now going to run into the same issue as that Vince McMahon run into. Everyone's loving it right now. You know, what do you think about that when that time comes? And and when it does, do you think Triple H will have the smarts enough to say, well, you know what, maybe I'm, I should just be done here? Or do you think he'll just keep holding to that uh, – that throne <laughs> that, that he has, and um, and it won't relinquish uh, his uh, authority. So, realistically speaking, I agree wholeheartedly with the signs popping up in the audience. Um, I, you know, would not check out every episode of Raw, every episode of SmackDown. Um, it, it I, I've talked about it, but mm -hmm. the mere fact is that you know since they are changing directions going to a more in-ring based product back to professional wrestling um we're already starting to see the signs of it and uh this past week um was just a great week of wrestling across the board um i think that it's it's very good for all players in the marketplace and especially great for us as fans um i think that one thing that really you know, bears saying is that as far as what they're going to do, these new approaches that they're trying, at least they're trying something different. Um, mm -hmm. There was a lot of stagnation. And yes, we are in a honeymoon phase. We're definitely in a honeymoon phase. So let's call it what it is too. A lot of the professional wrestling audience um, is is not the the vocal minority. So you've got a lot of fans that are just going to tune in. They're going to watch it no matter what, every single week. You're going to have those people that are going to have something to say every single week, whether they love it, whether they hate it, whether they talk in hyperbole, it doesn't matter. Um, but yes, I think we will see some of the fickle fans um, start to turn on Triple H. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, but as for now, it's the it's the fresh new toy in the play box or in the toy box, and it's a position that WWE hasn't been in for quite some time, to say the very least. Um, so yeah, the shiny new toy, Triple H has got that, and he's got everything on his side right now. Everything is uh, yeah. looking up. No doubt, Matt Michaels, the authors speaks of and we we occasionally hear as we heard actually uh since city steve mentioned this idea that there's more wrestling that's taking place and there and there's this idea also that i guess with vince mcmahon there just wasn't um a lot of wrestling and i gotta tell you if when you if you look back even at raw or even at smackdown this week i mean you got pretty much about the same amount of matches that you normally got when you was with um Vince McMahon is is Vince McMahon really taking a hit on his idea of that there's just, just really no wrestling apparently it's just one big comedy entertainment spectacle and and there really just wasn't any professional wrestling going on 
I mean, I'll go the other way and say, look at AEW. It's just deathmatch shit anyway now, so who cares? You know what I'm saying? It's just the perspective of the wrestling fan to what pisses them off or what they don't like, and then you just choose that and go with it. That's Mm -hmm. easy. It's easy enough, you know? Um, there, There isn't any less of an entertainment aspect than there was six weeks ago. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Um, so um that is the that's the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I'm just yeah, I'm just uh, agreeing on that because I'm I'm always kind of uh confused on that when I when I read when I read or hear that, and so I'm like maybe there is something that I'm I'm missing in that. But um no. well yeah. and, and you, you gotta understand too, and uh, this is the funny thing. With wrestling fans, it's about them, right? So you're not talking about the wrestling fans that were already watching WWE. You're talking about wrestling fans who stopped watching the product because it didn't fit their uh, idea of what wrestling is, Mm -hmm. right? So that's the thing. Now, if it's something that draws you back in, it'll be something that draws you back in. Um, But... You know, it's the same thing um, when Simon said uh, about JoJo, using JoJo for an example. Mm-hmm. Um, the the same thing, though, goes to say, well, they already started that. They started with Logan Paul. They started with Bad Bunny. They were already scoping out the idea of let's get more people who have built-in followings and who are familiar with social media. So they were looking that way. Did Vince probably know what the fuck any of that shit meant necessarily? Probably not. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. um, but you got to keep in mind one other thing, though. Uh, for as much as we'll give uh, Hunter credit, um, you've got Stephanie running the company, and you've got Nick Con running the company. So... It isn't all Hunter. I mean, you know, Hunter creatively will give you potentially a better, um, you know, a better creative direction. And that means better produced shows in terms of what they're they're putting together, putting on. Mm-hmm. But Nick and uh, Stephanie are going to be the ones doing the stuff like the WrestleMania. You know, that fucking WrestleMania show, it's it sold its tickets out. You know, it. They distributed all their tickets to where, you know, fans um, were not able to get. So that's huge to think that something as simple as that, which is, you know, nothing. Yeah. um, You know, could bring in people into that stadium. So. Right. By the way, the tickets for WrestleMania sold quickly. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 100. Yeah, and, you, it's, and it's August. <laughs> yeah, you know the one thing I will add, and I'm just stating a comment. The reason why I think Triple H won't won't get it as bad as Vince McMahon when they start turning on him because it is going to happen. Is a lot of him setting up, saying it's going to take everybody. And I think a lot of time when you share the load, uh, you know, as far as everything's organically as a team, like a village, right, to raise what you want. That kind of takes a little bit of the heat off. Um, and as you mentioned, Michaels, there's a lot more than just, just Hunter at the helm. I mean, there's, there's a lot. And so I think we have better results. Well, in, in some ways, yes. Um, but 
let's face it, when Hunter Hearst Helmsley was winning championships for a 10-year period, true. he was fucking despised by Oh, we hated fans. him. Yeah, we hated his ass. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. that it's it's Triple H and sharing this or that. He can yeah. he can take it because he's mm -hmm. you know, he's experienced that kind of hate. And you know, he doesn't care. He's just trying to put out a good product. Yeah. Exactly. All right. The let's, game. Jump, let's jump into number two here. Yeah. And count two is top dollar discusses how the WWE return of hit row came about. And this was on fight com, and a little bit of this of, of how it reads is uh, of course on friday smackdown hit row top dollar ashanti the adonis and b fab were back in wwe the group along with swerve strickland were released in november 2021 shortly after we after moving from nxt to wwe smackdown at the 2021 wwe draft with strickland aew quote the og3 end quote got back to business in wwe so Appearing on Busted Open Radio, Top Dollar explained how their return came about. So this is uh, Top Dollar here. Quote, even when Hunter was not in NXT, even when we was up to smack, even when we was up to SmackDown, even when we got released, I never stopped talking to Hunter. We had talked a lot already about hopefully working together in the future. I sent him clips of stuff we were doing. I sent him clips from GCW, ACW, and Trinidad and clips of me, Ashanti, working together as a tag team letting him know the band was still together swerve being added to hit roll was a hunter call hunter added swerve to hit roll because he already saw what we had been doing for a year it was like this is a good opportunity to debut a faction instead of a tag team with the manager it was cool it was a good idea it clearly worked but hunter saw it when it was just the three of us he knew what we were capable of from the jump said dollar and he explained a little more he says quote when he gets to, to the reins and, and is like, I want to bring my guys back, we were one of his top priorities to get back because he knew what we could bring to the table. About a week and a half ago, he hit me up and was like, how are the rest of the guys? We're good. None of us wasted time, wasted time this whole time I was on tour. I did shows in New Orleans and L.A. for music, wrestled at GCW, MCW, ACW, Efaz lives in Colombia, so she was doing her thing uh, down there, modeling. Ashanti was doing acting stuff in Atlanta and L.A., model stuff. We never stopped training and being ready. He was like, how fast can how fast can I act and get you guys here? This was on Wednesday of last week. If you really want us, we could be there tomorrow. And we ended up having a Zoom call with him, the three of us, planned out what would happen the next couple of days. This week, we got physical uh we got physicals and contracts. I don't know how the story broke that I was going to be there, but I knew it wasn't somebody with all the information because they didn't know BFAP was going to be there, which we played into. When me and Ashanti came through the curtain, you thought it was just going to be us, and we had BFAP come through last. Yeah, she's here too. She's an important part of the group. Mm -hmm. So he continues saying that it was really cool in the process because of Hunter. There are a million people Hunter could have brought back. The list... Uh, of, of is hundreds of people long that are talented performers that are released in the past five years that are still young and able to do these things a million people he could have bring back 
what he called us. That made me feel not just special, but grateful. That's why I was singing his praises to the high heavens. Everyone in the world thinks they know who I am. Everyone in the world thinks I'm hard to work with. People who never worked with me had one conversation with me and felt they could talk down to me. And I'm, I'm like a 30-year-old man. I told them about themselves, and then they got in their buddy's ears like, I'm hard to work with. In actuality, I'm not hard to work with. I'm hard, I'm hard to fool. You can't tell somebody you're not going to stand on. That's how I was raised, end quote. So Mark Henry said the top dollar was uh, easy to work with when he worked together following this release. And it was reported the top dollar rubbed, quote, rubbed people the wrong way. And he responded to reports at the time by saying he stood up for BFAB and himself. And just a, a couple of quotes from that. He just said, in the conversation I had with Triple H, he was like, I don't know what happened before. And to be honest, I don't care. It's a new place. I want you to understand that you have a clean slate. There are no hard feelings on this side. I hope you come with no hard feelings on your side. It was a breath of fresh air. I was down when we got released. Hit Row was hotter than anything in wrestling, period. I don't care who you are. Get your feelings hurt if you want. When we got released, I feel we had something great, and it turned into ashes in my hand. It made me stop watching wrestling for the first time in my life. And I went eight months without watching wrestling. Wow. Uh, Damn. And then he said he watched SummerSlam, and then reinvigorated him he said he told triple h thank you it's probably the only words he thinks i know because i told him thank you like six times yesterday thank you so much he knows my real name he did the most wanted treasures with me he saw me in a non-wrestling sense he saw me not with the boys in the locker room sense he's seeing me and knows how i really am as a person he knows that all the talk about me being hard to work with and being difficult is bullshit he was willing to put himself in his neck on the line to be like these guys are talented, and I want them back, said Dollar. So uh, before appearing on WWE television, Dollar hosted WWE Most Wanted Treasures and signed for multiple seasons. Dollar closed the interview by saying that fans should expect Hit Row to, to prove why they were one of the hottest acts in wrestling, and they were hungry for the opportunity. All right. Sin City, Steve, this was your article. Hit Row is back. What's your take on this? Well, I am extremely happy to have hit row back in the mix um wwe is a land of champions with no challengers as far as their tag team division mm -hmm. uh, you can only run street profits and usos and <laughs> new day yeah. only so often now obviously the matches that they get out of those teams are great but they needed more and i'm i'm extremely happy to see that they brought them back yeah. Not just bringing back Top Dollar and Ashanti, but also bringing B-Fab with them. Um, I, I think that it's plain to see that these guys have a lot of chemistry together. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, might as well just strap the rocket to their back. I mean, the crowd was absolutely into these guys, like as if they were the main event, you know? And, and that was something that really stood out. And of course... You know, a, a decent amount of that hat may be chalked up to like the surprise return pop or whatever. But yeah. no, I, I, the crowd was actively engaged with them during their match the entire time that they were out there during their promo. So I think that, yeah, I think that it's it's a great thing that they're back. Um, I know that uh, that B Fab was uh, was working on her in ring stuff. Um, hopefully, she uh, she stays as a valet for now but uh, continues to get better in the ring and then hell why not you know give her give her a few matches on the main roster after she's gotten some more ring time 
and there you go. You've got yeah. three great additions to your roster. No doubt, no doubt. I, uh, I was about to go over to Matt Michaels, but uh, looked like he. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, he's back. All right. Do you have to go, Matt, for a second? Okay. So let me ask you, Matt, if, if one thing that you can probably take from this, and I think that maybe others uh, that are in professional wrestling should, should definitely look at, even when he was let go, even when he was pretty much, you know, didn't even watch wrestling, he was just, was just having, you know, he was pretty much in his feelings, right? At the same time, he never gave up on the training he never gave up on, you know, participating uh, in, in a lot of the indie shows. He still put in that work. Uh, um, uh, Ashanti, uh, the Adonis was also doing his work also. And, and of course, you had BFAB. So they were kind of still doing their training and everything um, while they were even not even signed or, or with anybody. How important you think that that is that, you know, when you're going to have hard times like this, I'm sure AEW is going to have moments where people are going to be released. If you're going to be in this game, you got to keep up with 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 your, with your training and and continue to advance yourself. So when you are called by somebody, you'd be ready to go. How important you think that was hearing that in his um, in his uh, article? Um, you know, uh, so if you're a pro wrestler, that's what you do. You go out, and that's how you make your money, right? Um. Right. And plus, when you've been uh, on WWE television and exposed like that, um, it, it brings up your rate. So you can get more money on the independence. Um, yeah. Plus, you do other things like autograph signings and, and stuff like that. I don't think it's the training. I think it's the relationship formed with Triple H. That's very important. Um, you couldn't do that with Vince McMahon. That's the problem. And I think that one of the things that people don't realize necessarily is that when you got that bond with Vince, you were made, right? Cena, Roman, The Rock, Austin, all these guys were made. The guys on the next tier, they stick around because they have good relationships with the producers and the bookers and the agents and all that other stuff. All the other um, parts, right? Mm -hmm. So with Hunter, he got especially an opportunity to get to know these guys because he was doing NXT, right? So he would listen to them. He would talk to them. He would take the time because it was hands-on. That was the most important thing is that he could say in this interview – that there were people he encountered that thought this, that, and the other about him and his ego, but they didn't know who he was. Hunter knew who he was. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same thing. Look at Cross. You know, Cross and Scarlet, the reason that Cross is back is because Cross has a great relationship with Hunter. Yep. The reason well, that Dex Loomis is back is because he has a great relationship with Hunter. <clears throat> and I know personally um, from some big names, um, legends, that when they talk about Hunter, going back years, I'm talking 
decades now. Mm-hmm. The thing with Hunter is that if you showed up um, for filming, you know, some kind of video segment for a, a WWE uh, DVD or something like that back in the day, right? If Hunter was there, Hunter went out of his way to fucking say hello to you. Mm-hmm. He still did what wrestlers do, and that is talk to each other and uh, shake shake each other's hands and all that stuff. Um, so that's it. It's relationship because you should be expected to continue to wrestle. Um, and if you're not, guess what? You probably don't really have a passion for it. And yeah. That's it. Move on. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, uh, Simon Street, and it was kind of just mentioned again with Michaels, they had reported that people were saying that he was hard to work with. And I, I even think at one point during our three count, during when all that happened, we even read something where, where someone was, you know, saying that within their articles. And it's just amazing how hearsay can just kind of take off. And, and now you have this reputation uh, of that. And um, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's interesting when you when you uh, when you hear that, and if it was if it was really as bad as people made it seem, relationship with Triple H or not, I don't think Triple H wants to bring somebody in who's not going to uh, have a relationship with anybody in the back. So Triple H said, "Hey, clean slate. I don't care what happened. Uh, it happened. Whatever. This is you know, it's your time to shine." What do you think about that, man? The idea that Triple H is saying, "Man, I'm bringing you back." You know, I want y'all back. I know you're going to do your thing. All that other nonsense is the past. Let's move forward. What's mm-hmm. your take when, when you hear that? Well, first and foremost, I'm not surprised. And like I said, I mean, if, if we can coin phrase, uh, you know, a Triple H guy, I, I wish I could have even just an opportunity to talk to, uh, to Triple H or Paul, to be honest, just to thank him, because he's definitely somebody that I've read between the lines of what's been presented to us as fans and really admire him. And those things that Michael did mention are, are stories we have heard and have been verified in person by those people I've seen. it. He's very personable. He understands people. And for, for me, I see him as a constant gardener and we're going to see all that pay off. Do you see what I'm saying? He's always that constant gardener that's always going around and doing that. Um, but I will tell you this. Um, the great thing I liked about that, and I did get a little emotional on the screen about it, because he said mm-hmm. the same phrase I said. You know, I've had some people say that I'm hard to work with. I'm not hard to work with. I'm hard to fool. And I'm 100% with that. I don't, I, I don't, my filter, I mean, I have a filter with my mouth, but I definitely don't have a filter with bullshit. And I think that there were some things, unfortunately, I think when you are young, sometimes even myself, you wish maybe you had a, done differently. So the fact that Triple H said that's in the past, let's move forward. I see the stock in you. Let's move forward. That's a great thing. That's good. That's that's a great mindset to have as a leader. That's a great mindset to know if you know your crop, right? That's why I call him the constant gardener. He understands his crop. He understands what their needs are. He understood that, you know, top dollars hungry. He understood the worth of him of not just in the group of hit row, but also too as a very strong singles competitor. You know, let's not be fooled. Top dollar can go in the singles game, right? And obviously, there's more to, to see down that road as time plays on. But, you know, uh, I think it's just great. You know, again, this is another great story that I think needs to be heard. I'm glad that he did this article and he got to say this because I've seen I've worked with people who I originally thought because somebody else told me they was hard to work with. 
And I went in with an open mind and wanted to find out what my story or what their story was through my eyes. And I found not only a great experience with them, but I found seven, eight, nine different people that said they had a great working relationship with them. It was only just one bad apple with a big mouth. Yeah. So, you know, to, to, to answer your question, this this article made me excited. Thank you, Sin City Steve, for finding this one. I appreciate it. These are things that us on our platform, you know, get to talk about. That's the fun thing. You know what I mean? The upside to the sunny side to rainstorms. And that's what I found in this article. No doubt. All right. Let's move over to our third count. And this one is WWE legend Virgil claims he slept with one million women. You know, back in the day when I was uh, uh, putting these three counts together, if I would have put this on, I would have gotten beaten by all three of you. Nah, that's bullshit. Nah, I'm yeah. calling it. I would have never called that. Said, nah, oh, okay. This is clickbait. What are you doing, nah, Impact? Nah. This is bull. This is makes no. I don't even know what to say. I ain't saying shit. All right. Anyway, y'all don't fall for that shit. He lying. He lying. That ain't true. It only been Michaels have been on his head, which is like you know when he get on you with some dumb shit like this, it'd be like five people on you. Ridiculing Wait, shit. Why, why right. would I be on his shit when I'm the one who chose this topic? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like back in the past, sometimes you'd be like, man, this, this, this is really dumb. Yeah, it's all good. Hey, it's thirstyfornews.com, and this is how it reads. WWE legend Michael Jones is better known by his ring name Virgil. The 60-year-old was a star in the square circle back in 1980s and 90s. Recently, the WWE veteran has made the startling claim that he has slept with one million women. It turns out that Virgil isn't so lonely after all. He made the suggestion during a recent appearance on the Breadstick Diaries podcast. While speaking with the host, Vinny Vegas, Virgil agreed to answer a few questions from fans, including one who asked, what's your number, Virgil? How many girls? The WWE Superstars was more than happy to oblige. Virgil replied to the question, I don't know, uh, maybe like worldwide? Probably a million. <laughs> okay, uh, host Vinny immediately questioned Virgil's claim while bursting into laughter. Virgil, come on, a million. The former sports entertainment star maintained his claim and responded, yep, you've got, like, how many people in the world? Vinny then asked, so you're claiming right now, you're telling me your estimated number of women you had sex with is a million. And then Virgil replied that it could have been with the interviewer that pointed out that his number is more than Ric Flair, <laughs> despite sounding very sure that he's been so been with so many women, social media was not convinced by the ludicrousity of a high number. One fan posted a comment to say, "Well, okay, I did the math. Virgil was born April seventh, nineteen fifty-one. For him to be with one million women, an average of one woman every thirty-seven point five minutes of his entire life since birth." End quote. In response, another wrote. Well, I did the math as well. Over 40 years of wrestling, about 60 years or so a day. <laughs> LOL, end quote. So, yes, Virgil has made many claims throughout his career, and this is just the latest one. It is still a very hard number to believe. No matter who you are, you could, and yes, and that's pretty much it. All right. So, Mr. Matt Michaels, what is your take on Virgil claiming he slept with one million women? Well, okay. Well, first off, 
um i i just love the image of uh just just wwe network used to have the uh the story time where you had yeah. the uh, the cartoon the old picture. guy yeah oh yeah so can you imagine <laughs> fucking a million women in cartoon form i thought that would be just beautiful it'd be just so wonderful to see um and i think that you know it just goes to show that um you might just be the bag handler for the million dollar man, but apparently you got more pussy than, than you can count because you just tossed it out there at a million, which is ridiculous. Uh, but at the same time, man, uh, let's face it. Now, did Virgil get more ass than Coco Beware? Did he get more ass than uh, Kamala or uh let's say uh wow you're hitting you're hitting the big ones <laughs> well you know it's just you know thinking of guys uh you know uh, who were kind of in that same kind of category um maybe uh i the one i i, I would assume that i would believe it if it was a bigger name like if you said that uh you know vince you know back before he had to uh, pay people to uh Shut up about fucking him. Uh, you know, maybe Vince had a high number. Maybe Hogan did. Macho Man, maybe if he was cheating on Liz, which is a whole nother psychological question. Um, <laughs> but guys like Kerry Von Eric, you can guarantee we're getting oh, yeah. all over the place, right? Um, and even more so, uh, you know, if you want to say like Shawn Michaels, I'm sure was pulling tail, um, you know, on a regular basis. Um, so it, it's interesting, Virgil. I, I really want to know though, who is the female who was getting over a million people because man, Tammy, that, you know, Tammy, <clears throat> well, I, does that count if you're doing it for Coke? Hey, sometimes <laughs> you don't know what you're getting in if you're dealing with that Coke. I'm just saying, man, cocaine's a wonderful drug. I, Virgil wasn't doing it for something. Someone was no. doing it because he was Virgil. Sonny was doing it for something. Yeah, she was working. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, let me go over to you, Mr. Sin City Steve. I mean, Virgil has been putting in that work, apparently. What, do you, think the, what do you think the true number is? Maybe, maybe 200 or so? Maybe. Dude. I don't know, man. He is he is the self-professed king of Meat Sauce Mountain. So I mean, oh, oh, you know, that's horrible. It, when, Say whenever, that three whenever, times. Whenever your reputation precedes you like him, I mean, you know, who knows? But uh, well, first off, I, how many how many kids does he have? I don't even think he knows. Because probably if he doesn't, a million. <laughs> probably a million. Isn't that most men, though? Do we really ever know how many kids we have if we have a Virgil past? Oh, God. How, how many you claim? How many you claim? That's what I'm saying. All right, exactly. sis. Go ahead, man. What, but, yeah, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's good to see that Virgil is keeping himself relevant. And uh, I'm sure that he got another payday at a convention where he can sit alone and charge <laughs> 50 bucks for an autograph and, uh, you know, dick around on his phone, just yeah. like the meme. So, <laughs> yeah, but I it's, hear that you. Meme, 
that meme correct now, though, knowing what we know, maybe he's not sad, Virgil. Maybe he's just totally fucking exhausted, Virgil. And evidently, man. <laughs> and, and and at least he didn't have to pay nineteen point six million dollars. That's for, true for that shit. That's true. Uh, Simon Street, what can we? Uh, is there anything we can learn uh, from this? From what Virgil told us, I mean, maybe. Not to drink so much soda before your interview, or you know, uh, you, you talking about because of his answer that he gave, or yeah. you talking about just just, just for the answer. work he has to go and do, apparently. <laughs> because if that's the case, you could go ahead and get you a lifetime membership of rep sports that enhancement juice right there. That should get have you go at least clear through 100 in a year. Enhancement um, juice, I'm just saying that's what they should go say, anyways. Uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you, man. Since we having a conversation of what I like to call body counts, how many bodies you got impact? Michaels, Sin City, Steve, guaranteed it ain't going to be no damn million. Not even Lil Wayne can sip enough syrup to come up with a million. But what I can tell you is sometimes when you hide your mind, you get with one female and it make, make every every position may make, make you feel like it's a different woman because your mind is just out going crazy. So maybe he just with multiplication and being high or maybe he was just kind of joking around said maybe felt like a million hey or maybe cocaine is a hell of a drug it is a hell of a drug but you know what he's not the only person that been talking about how much tail they've been getting you know jennifer coolidge stifler's mom had a recent article talking about when when american pie came out she slept with over 200 people but i believe that she, she I believe that. that 200, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can believe that. Between 200 and a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, too, let's ask this question, though. I really I really love this article, too, so thank you, Michaels, for this. Just because you may get a large quantity, what was the quality? Were you getting them tens, nines, eights, sevens, six, or were you really getting them ones? You know, you know, them. You know, because for every 10, maybe four or five, matter. that Rick Flair was in twos, bro. No, 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 no. Hell to the no, 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 no. It's all about quality. Quality, man. Quality. So all I'm saying is numbers game. No, man, ain't no damn numbers game. That's a fool's errand, brother. Let me tell you, man, I got a Hall of Fame. I'm just saying, a Hall of Fame. And I ain't putting ones in the Hall of Fame. Sometimes there are a couple, you know. But my point is, all jokes aside, I want to know what the math is, guys. If you sleep with... Let's just cut that in half. 500 people. Okay? 500 people. How many penicillin shots did he have to get? <laughs> what's what's the equation? What What's the ratio? How many of them bodies for a penicillin shot so that you don't be getting STDs, STIs? I think the best way that we can um, test out the Coke theory oh, is just by us asking Tony Khan how many women he's been with. I think that's all we need to do. And we will find out if you guys are right if if the Coke theory is correct. That's all I'm saying. We should ask him. So I don't know Tony Khan, but I would laugh my ass off. The next interview, if, whoever if, interviews Tony Khan next, just ask him point blank. Give us a number. And if he says one million, then we know. <laughs> we know for sure. Hey, he probably got well, access to that pure shit. So there's no telling what that probably was. It's probably still zero for him. Um, just, just look at him. Just look at him 
in social situations and know that uh, the man who hugs everyone and wants to cry for no fucking reason is probably not uh, higher than about a two. So I got to be honest with you. No, no, I'm with you on that one. I wouldn't let Tony Khan hug my mom. I might feel a little uncomfortable. Say, you holding my mom a little too close. Like, you know it like that. You better calm down, bro. I'm right. <laughs> more worried about her holding your daddy. Oh, <laughs> that was good. That was good. I could get that. You know, here's the thing, though. One, one last thought. you got to understand, in 1993, Virgil had such a reputation in the WWF at the time for fucking all these, these women that they actually named the show Raw after him. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Ooh. hold up. Hold up. Shane. Right. Shane. Shane. You you can even hear like 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 the, the, the actual chink a ling a ling in the damn whips and shit. <laughs> damn. All right. You can hear the crank up for they just whooping somebody ass in. <laughs> All right, good stuff, good stuff, man. Thanks everybody that that jumped on and uh, had fun with us tonight on our on our our three topics. We do it every Sunday. We hop on right about eight fifty four three count Pacific Standard Time. If you want to join us, make sure you just follow us, subscribe, follow, hit the like, whatever button it is for each uh, platform. Just do it. We're on all of them, and um, you know you'll be able to hang out with us. We appreciate it. If you're not able to be on live and you're a person that just downloads the podcast, thank you. Seriously. You right now that's listening in the car, listening in your headphones, you, the person I'm talking to right now, we totally appreciate you. Thank you so much. With that, we're going to give our final comments, our final thoughts for the week. And I'll always like to start with our very own Simon Street. What do you want to tell the people out there? I want to tell the fine, fine people listening to this uh, very reputable and high quality podcast. Um, please make sure that uh, you take the time to thank everybody that has either put up with your shit, have helped you with your shit, or people who would like to help you in your future shit. Please take the time to just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you never know when your shit will cause you to be shit out of luck. Oh boy! All right, there you go. Words of wisdom, Sin City Steve. First off, a special shout out to Simon Street and Matt Michaels for the uh, not quite spotless uh, impersonation last week, but uh, I definitely <laughs> appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty fun to hear. So thank you guys. And um, anyway, thank you guys for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We appreciate each and every single one of you. So thank you for listening and, and hanging out with us. Um, very special shout out and thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P sports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, general energy, and enhancement juice needs. Again, that's <laughs> repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. That's right. You can hit your one million number too. All right. That's right with that rep juice. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Matt Michaels. So, so, Steve, let me ask you a question. Um, 
you went to uh, Storm and Mormon's wedding last week. Yeah. Um, when's his next one? Because he's Mormon, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It don't work that way, man. It don't work that way. <laughs> oh, man. Because he's got about 900... 999,099 left to go to catch Virgil. <laughs> He's going to have to get a very huge mansion. A lot of sisters. Exactly. A lot of You got to get a compound after that. It ain't even a mansion, just a compound. <laughs> With tents out there? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not. not. You can't have that many wives and put them in a tent. Well, He's got to start off with some mobile homes and some shit like that. I mean, a million is a lot. It's about to get to that number. Have to do something. You ain't got that many rooms. So, you know, so. drink a lot of coconut water if you're reaching that million and that rep and that rep juice. There you go, guys. We appreciate it. We will see you next week. Take care and happy wrestling to you. Biggest bad boys of podcasting. <laughs>